Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. Hey man, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Did you, uh, did you catch up on some rest after all the E3 nonsense? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really miss that much, so there wasn't a lot to catch up on. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot easier for people like us, I guess, that don't have to wander the show floor and stuff like that. Uh, True. We get to enjoy it from the comforts of our home, which has its own benefits, I suppose. Yeah. So probably probably the best way to enjoy it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're we'll be lining up interviews with developers or anything. Yeah. At least not yet. So if you're a developer that's listening, keep an eye out. Maybe. We'll see. You never know. Um, But, uh, I mean, it's hard because I've played a lot this week. I just stuttered jumping over saying that uh, I'm going to talk about what I played this week. Because, whereas usually I play one game, I played like five games this week. And I actually beat one of them and... uh, you know, put a considerable amount of time into the other ones. So I got the Splatoon 2 Octo expansion, which... Yes, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, have you gotten it yet? I have not. Okay. No. Um, so uh, I got it the day it was available, which I believe was the day we recorded the... No, it was the day after we recorded the Nintendo Reactions. But it is great. It also is very difficult. If you are someone that thought maybe the normal campaign was difficult, then buckle up because this is set to challenge you and ridicule you at moments, uh, make you feel bad for not being able to be patient. Uh, there's it's So it's really cool. Uh, basically... It's split up into two parts. The first part is what we've seen in the trailers, which is the subway system and you going around and doing different challenges. Right. And then the second half is a short campaign-like progress. It's it's a couple of levels of campaign. So it's not mm-hmm. all just the, the challenges. And you don't have to do all 80 challenges to get to the campaign. Sorry, I had to get some water. Mm. Which is uh, damaging to the Inklings. Uh, but The water? Yeah. You know, they die if they yeah. jump in it. Yeah, um, except for in the new Smash Bros. They, they can swim <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, that's odd. We, we don't need to get into that, I guess. Um, but... It's really fun because you get to play as an Octoling. This expansion also goes really deep into the lore of the difference between like Octoling and Squidling. And no spoilers, but it does go a little bit into why they exist, which is kind of neat. They hint at yeah, some, cool. some deeper, weird stuff. Uh <laughs> It's a it's a really cool little weird expansion. Lots of good music, of course. Uh, more synthy stuff, which is nice. Because they obviously were going with 
an 80s theme with the octo mm -hmm. and eight and everything. So they, they definitely pulled that off. Lots of dramatic, weird cameos by Captain Cuttlefish and a couple other characters. Mm -hmm. And I completed about 46 of the challenges out of 80. Ooh. And I did not skip any of them. Because after you lose so many times, it'll let you skip. Mm -hmm. But apparently when you skip, it gives you... Like you get these little candies when you finish a challenge... It gives you a gray candy instead of a colored one to right. basically to remind you, hey, you wussed out and you need to go back and make this right. So what what are the candies taste like? Uh, I don't know, but this giant cockroach thing buys them from you. So Ooh. with yeah, it's dude, it is so strange, but it's also so neat because you you're on the subway car and you're doing all these you know, activities, and every time you come back, there's different people on the subway car, oh, like, cool. and different creatures and stuff, so you're seeing different creatures of the deep, and uh, seeing very interesting deep life forms, because the whole premise is that you're below the city and everything, of course, because you're in your right. subway. There were a lot of challenges that I thought were near impossible. There's so many challenges from rolling an eight ball a giant eight ball that's bigger than you with paint across uh what are those things called where the ball rolls and it hits different things and i don't know there's a term for it uh where it like makes a chain reaction the there's stuff like that there is what, like a newton's cradle yeah, yeah yeah or um you know how it like rolls down i don't know and it it's guided along a little track it's, I'm, it's I'm not sure what you're what you're trying to describe here. <laughs> um, you're not you're not doing a very good job of painting a picture. Yeah, I apologize. I'll have to look it up for you later. But that there's stuff where you have to guide an eight ball across treacherous terrain. Um, there's giant arenas where you have to defeat certain amounts of octolings that are coming to kill you. Mm -hmm. There's my least favorite ones, which were dodge enemy fire, and if you got hit, you lose. Those are the absolute worst, and nearly made me break my switch a couple times. Mm, because nice. it, I swear, it lets you get to about three to five seconds left, and then it becomes impossible. And it was just infuriating. And, yeah. and what makes you feel worse about it is all of these challenges cost money. Uh, I, I don't remember what the currency is, but it's you earn money by beating challenges, but then to buy your way into another challenge, you have to have more money. So every time you restart the challenge, you've got to pay the entry fee again. And so if you are just getting mad and trying and retrying and not getting it, it can really suck out your funds which i did a couple times and had mm -hmm. to go and do a bunch of easy stuff to build my bank back up oh that's always the worst so you gotta get it first try <laughs> yeah for real uh what's nice is that you can redo challenges with different weapons so you can do uh kind of like with the campaign get 
get more credits that way by doing it, doing the challenges differently. Uh, the campaign mm-hmm. at the end was really fun. There's just a lot of unique gameplay, kind of like with the initial campaign, which was great. I, I would say this DLC took me about 10 hours to 15 hours to complete. And I, oh, yeah. I really put a lot of time into it because I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And I and was, you only did about half the challenges. Yeah, for real. I, oh yeah, trust me, I know. And I did what <laughs> I could to avoid certain ones on the track to try to get to the stuff I had to collect. So I had to go the long way around on some of them. But it was worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to go back and try to do as many of the challenges as possible. Uh, just because it, it really is fun and it makes you want to experience the the taste of victory after there's a there's ah it's so satisfying i wish i could remember it exactly but the little music chime at the end of a victory just Mm -hmm. is so satisfying to get and it's because of how difficult some of them are it just becomes ingrained in your brain that it's like an adrenaline soother essentially Uh, but that's great. I It's definitely Suplex certified. There's so much content in this for $20. You're kind of silly if you don't buy it and you have Splatoon 2. I, and you get to play as an Octoling in the normal game after you beat the the Octo expansion. So yeah. It's, Which is really the, the whole draw. Yeah, of course. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the drawings in the main square are heckling people that are not playing as octolings so yeah if you're playing as a squid kid right now you're not cool yeah and you know half the the part of splatoon is is being cool having cool threads looking cool cool hair exactly you don't want to look like a dweeb no so i i definitely suggest that you go out and get it uh asap uh and also, real quick, just talking about getting things ASAP, the Mario Rabbids uh, Battle Kingdom is like $45 for the gold box on the eShop. If, yeah, I've been, I've been mulling that one over. Um, I'm really excited for that to drop next week. But I also, I've been playing a lot of my Switch. I bought Hollow Knight since it dropped the day of the, oh, cool. the, the conference. And... I have I started that today, and it mm-hmm. is really fun, but it is also difficult. Uh, the The art is beautiful; it's so crisp on the screen. It's it's so insane because a lot of the games look really good on that Switch screen, and mm-hmm. I mean, not knocking any of them, but for some reason, the art for this game just gets it. It's so clear and crisp, and it looks hand drawn which I'm sure is what they were going for in some instances. I mean, someone did draw it at some point. So. Yeah, I'm sure. In that sense, it is hand-drawn. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun little... It's kind of like a roguelike Metroidvania-type game. So mm-hmm. it's it's neat. I'm excited to delve more into it. Um, other than that, I played The Division with you and your brother, which I remembered why I didn't like that game while I was playing it with you too, and I turned, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> and That's too bad. And I played some Battlefront 2, which is an old game, and I know, I know, a lot of people 
are maybe tired of hearing about it. But that game is hands down one of the most beautiful video games I've ever played. There, I mean, I got the Xbox One X and I was itching to play something in 4K. So I booted mm-hmm. it up and... Borderlands wasn't doing it for you? No. In the graphics? <laughs> no, not really. Um, but, like, running through Hoth, and like enemy bases and stuff you can see steam coming through the ground and the glow of lasers when you shoot them down hallways i mean uh, even marianne said it's just like watching the movie but it's a video game it's so weird some of that breaks down when you're playing as the heroes and i don't know why but when you're just doing like stormtroopers versus rebel alliance people stuff like that it's totally there um, yeah so yeah it's it's beautiful and I'm, i mean i'm really bad at it but it's i'm enjoying the view while i'm there so there's that um and that's that's all i played this week i i'm excited for a lot more stuff next week i'm hoping i'm going to beat hollow knight and uh, start the Mario Rabbids Donkey Kong DLC. Yep, that'll be that'll be fun. And of course, we will both talk about Mario Tennis next week. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what I gotta you... say, I've been I've been really antsy this week because I just want it. I just want the week to end so I can get Mario Tennis. You're telling I'm really me. annoyed that it's not out yet. Yeah, I'm. I just want to play the game. Yeah, I'm itching for that game really bad. I'm excited for Friday for sure. Yeah. Uh, and for Saturday when I go to Orlando to whoop you in it. So it'll be yeah, good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> when does that ever happen? <laughs> um, so what did you play this week, man? I mean, I know you said you were antsy, but I know you've been playing something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard that. I just dropped my microphone. No. Um, so I have... I guess I'll start off with uh, The Division, which you brought up. I have been playing it a little bit with my brother, and you jumped in for a bit, and were a real downer, honestly. It's like the whole time, you were complaining about how the game was not fun. I just, yeah, I was, I'm sorry. I was not in the mood to play it. I shouldn't have jumped in. I wanted to play the pirate game, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll eventually get to it, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I think it's it's been pretty enjoyable of course we're not that far into it and um it doesn't i i can't imagine there's a whole lot of depth going on i'm sure there is going to be a story that we're gonna have to do um but it the gameplay is 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 pretty enjoyable i mean it's just kind of your standard third person shooter kind of cover based um the 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 realistic New York City is I mean it's cool, but it it doesn't lof, it doesn't offer like a whole lot of um, differentiality like when you're going in between different districts and stuff, so it's kind of the same throughout the stuff that we've been through, um, but I don't know I it it's been perfectly enjoyable the, the times that we played it and really. The only thing that has gotten me interested in was the the footage of the Division Two, um, and this is just kind of you know jumping in a little bit, testing the waters to see what it's like. And you know, I like it. I, it's fun enough. Uh, in in the absence of any other game, it, it it probably 
Much like Far Cry 5, I imagine it would be a lot less fun without other people that playing with them. Um, so yeah, I've, I've played that a little bit. I, I tried to start up Fallout 4. Um, oh, you've never played that before. I have not, no. Which is weird, because I, I, like, I vividly remember when they showed it off at the, at the E3 and, uh, last year. And I was like, you know, that looks really interesting. I might play that. And then I never did. Um, and honestly, it didn't, it didn't do much for me. Just the whole, the whole setting, the gameplay, it's, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, I was hoping it would be more Skyrim-y than it is, but, um, it's not, unfortunately. I didn't play very much of it, um, because it just, sometimes stuff doesn't grab you, which I guess is, is in your case, what The Division is. Um, but yeah, Fallout 4, not for me. So I'll probably, probably not gonna play Fallout 76 when it comes out. Um, but who knows, maybe I'll give it another try closer to the, uh, well, whenever it comes out. When it, when I see the reviews and everything. So, um, yeah. What were you going to say? I wish I wish I had, I wish I could get my buddy Joe, um, not the one we had last week on the podcast, because he loves Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And mm-hmm. Fallout 4 is the first game he ever had, he ever modded to turn the weight the the encumbrance off because Mm -hmm. there's that game just the it just felt so much like a collect fest and you'd get bogged down so fast and i don't know there's a lot about it that i wasn't huge on so i it it reassures me a little bit that you also felt that way uh and a couple other people i know have because i i mean i know some people that love that game but i it just didn't grab me at all yeah, and it's 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 too bad though because you you read about how how much people like the game, and then you play something and it's just like not not you, you don't find it to be great. It's kind of kind of disappointing. But again, I've said before, ga- not all games are made for everyone. Yeah. Um, and this one not made for me, but I'll be um, once that that new Elder Scrolls comes out, I'll be all up on it. Um, I did watch this video, this very long YouTube video the other day, uh, just like, um, breaking down these little bits of, <laughs> of details in the Elder Scrolls Six yeah. reveal thing, trying to determine where it was. And honestly, the guy made some pretty good points, um, about it being in a Hammerfell. I, I love that or, you no, watch wait, these like conspiracy, yeah. you conspiracy gaming videos, basically where it's just... Uh, Charlie Day in that room yelling about Pepe Sylvia. Yeah, I do. I I love him. I love stuff like that. Like the weird lore that people will get into. Um, Especially in a game like Elder Scrolls where it's just packed to the brim with a bunch of useless information. That doesn't really affect the game, but it's certainly... uh, They've fully fleshed out that world. Um, Other than that, so I... Last episode, we talked a little bit about uh, The Last of Us 2 and how I had never played it. So I decided to play it, and I beat it, and um, I gotta say, it was really good. I can understand why you didn't like it, um, but I thought it was a very good game. It was it was surprisingly 
much shorter than I expected. Um, it's not a long game, which I guess makes sense because it's kind of a, it's a more linear uh, story. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I, I really like Joel and Ellie and and their the the development of their relationship um, up toward the decision that he makes in the end. Um, the whole like the <laughs> the um, I, I imagine you're laughing at my roommate screaming yeah. about dying in Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> um, the I really like the stealth in it. Um, because it was quite difficult. A lot of stealth games that I go up, it was different because usually my my approach in stealth games is, you know, to sneak around people and kill them off silently. Um, but that's not a thing at all in this game. I mean, there are the, you have a bow and arrow, which is like the only silent weapon, um, other than getting up close to people. But that is... It's so hard to do that stuff. You basically um, always get forced into into fights. Um, well, I mean, you you can eventually do stuff perfectly, but especially with the clickers, who uh, you pretty much have to avoid. Basically, yeah. It, it it made me it made me take a, a a lot different approach to stuff than I um, usually do in games like that, which I appreciated, um, and the. The scarcity of of weapons, uh, or rather ammunition, and the different um, craftable stuff, it really it, it 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 was frustrating at times. But I understand it was on purpose because that's kind of the um, the the atmosphere of the game. Right. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. It's definitely suplex certified, and it really. It makes me interest a lot more interested in and the stuff that I um, that I've seen that they showed from The Last of Us Two. Like I went back and watched the the trailer, and I was able to notice all the little stuff that was exactly the same from the previous one, and the the new stuff, um, like the Ellie's ability to go prone and, and crawl under that that van, right? And and just the the fluidity of it looks really cool. Um, it's interesting though. They have said it's going to be much less linear and a lot more open which i i mean i, I get it's because every every triple a game these days has to be an open world which i understand um i say that tongue-in-cheek of course <laughs> but i don't I, I think the the linearity of of the first game really served to keep it like moving forward and and have the have the story go um, one of the things I noticed early on that I that I kind of had to kick was um, my habit, uh, f- which has developed from playing these large open world games with you know collectibles everywhere, is that um, when I would be with other characters and they would keep moving and I would I would go off um, ex- exploring just these little crevices that mostly all have nothing in them. Um, and and so these characters would be yelling at me to to come on and 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 it was it was like weird at one point it it made me notice like how I've been trained to play games this way and um but this this game is it's like sort of the opposite and that it wants to keep moving forward rather than having me fully um like devour every inch of these um 
these locales. So, so that was, so I wonder how that is going to affect the, the kind of the presentation of the next game. But I'm sure it's still going to be good because it looks really, it looks really cool. Uh, right. But yeah, that's a that's that's all I played this week, uh, and I'm like as as you said, excited for Mario Tennis. So how how far away is the ending from the giraffe scene in the game? Well, I mean, it it all takes place within a calendar year, basically. Um, the giraffes, uh, I don't know, maybe like six months. Ah, so I got halfway through the game, and then I quit. Yeah, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, I just, like I mean, yeah, I'm glad you understood while you were playing it. The clickers just, I can't, I cannot do that stuff, man. It... Actually, now that I think, that might have been pretty late in the game. I'm Ooh. trying to, I think that was actually, um, so did you get, did you get to the part like where it was snowing everywhere? I think so, possibly. And you had to, and when you controlled Ellie, so that was one of my Ooh, least favorite no. parts of the game. I never controlled Ellie. Okay, so there's there's a part of the game where where Joel gets hurt, um, and then and you have and you control Ellie for a while, and that was probably my least favorite part of the game because she is a lot. Uh, she has a lot less health, and and is and you you know you lose all your weapons, and um, and she's less powerful, I guess. Uh, she dies a lot easier, and so it, um, that was kind of annoying. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess yeah, you you probably halfway through the game, but but outside of the that that one little part with Ellie that was kind of annoying, it was all really good. I'm going to have to maybe see if there's a super easy mode for that game mm-hmm. so I can do this, you know, do the story and experience it. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm really excited for the second one because it looks like it's going to be more Tomb Raider-esque gameplay. Um, so maybe. Yeah, it's weird. It definitely, it looks like it's going to be tonally a lot different right you're gonna be Um, fighting people it looks like instead of but i guess i mean you did fight a lot of people in the first one and joel kind of he 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 kills a lot of you kill a lot of a lot of dudes in this game (laughs) um but i guess there there's something just more kind of savage looking about the way it happens in 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 the in the next game which i think is the point i'm not sure we'll have to play the game to find out yeah um because Joel is a lot kind of, I guess, colder about doing this stuff. Like he's he's a grizzled old man who's had to experience hard times and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm sure. Like I think it's gonna be a good game, but it definitely it looks like it's going to be taking a, a different approach, which is cool. All right. So that's it. Two suplex certifieds in one episode. Yep. So there you go. Uh, Last of Us, which if you haven't played, you know a lot about it now. And yeah, the of course expansion. it is. It is an, an older game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we try not to to delve too deeply into those. But 
it was a it was a new experience for me, so I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, of course. So let's get into the uh, small amount of news that we have uh, this week. It's of course the annual weird drought that's before and after E three. So, mm-hmm. Although before was not exactly the, yeah, the the case this year. Yeah, before there was a lot more um, than usual. But now that we are in the after part, it feels a little more dry than usual. But there was a big surprise that I was really confused as to why it wasn't in Nintendo's uh, direct showcase. But mm-hmm. Limbo and Inside are coming to the Switch on June 28th which those mm-hmm. are both fantastic games. Um, I don't know as much about Inside as I do Limbo, which I'm excited that I'll play Inside now because it'll mm-hmm. be on my Switch. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, those will be both be available soon. Um, they just need to keep releasing other indie games on this thing. And from what it seems like, there's going to be a lot more ports coming to it. And... Even some more ports with extra content than we thought. Uh, Because, as Seth pointed out to me before we started recording, the Captain Toad's port trailer that they did the other night had new levels in it, I guess. Yeah, it was really... um, It was kind of strange to me. They they dropped it in the middle of the night. Of course, that is middle of the night uh, Eastern time. I'm sure it was was daytime in Japan. Um... And no, no English trailer, I think, has come out. But yeah, they, they showed off some of the new stages based on, on Mario Odyssey Kingdoms. Um, and they all look really cool. But again, it's like you said, with Inside and Limbo, it's, it's sort of weird that they, they waited till the week after E3 to drop this stuff. When one of the big criticisms about Nintendo's uh, E3 showing was that there was... Not a lot of, not not a lot of content, right? Um, but yeah, but they, it, I don't, I don't, I think the game is coming out pretty soon. Uh, but it looks cool. Yeah, and uh, if you are one of the people that saw all the hubbub about Pokemon Quest and thought, man, I can't play that because I don't have a Switch yet. You will be able to next week on your mobile phone. I think it's a beta or something, so just go to their mm-hmm. website. Um, but that game reached 2.5 million downloads on just the Switch alone, which is nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, Fortnite hit 2 million downloads the day it was announced, but that's still a lot for a mobile game that no one had heard of before. Hmm. So... Um, yeah, I, I, it it seems like it is better suited for mobile, um, but it'll be interesting what the what the numbers are, given how many people got it on the on the Switch. But then again, this is I guess there have been other Pokemon games on on mobile, but but not really like Pokemon Pokemon games. I don't know. We'll see. The people that uh, I don't know if you played it at all, but. The stuff that I've seen is that it's not really that great of a game. It's mostly just like a uh, a time suck. Yeah, it plays itself. I I think I I mean I reported on it 
uh, the day it came out because it came out uh, right before we recorded one day. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's you know it is what it is. Um. So I'm bringing this up because Chris sent us a bunch of random news during E3. And mm-hmm. I know that he was excited about this. I don't remember the episode he brought it up on, but apparently there's going to be a Stranger Things Telltale Games. Um, ah, that's cool. So, that's kind of a perfect match for them, honestly. Yeah, for uh, real. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know what what they would what they would be exploring there. I guess, I guess it could be like. Before the the first season, that would make sense. Yeah, and um, and Netflix is trying to get into this weird interactive game space um, because Minecraft Story Mode is coming to Netflix. Yeah, apparently they're they're gonna be they're gonna have games. You know, this kind of Telltale style games, or at least some of them are gonna start showing up on Netflix, which is honestly kind of cool. Um, but I'm, yeah, it, it is sort of weird. I'm more likely to play them on Netflix with my remote control, exactly, the TV, than I am with my Xbox controller, because mm-hmm. then I can just hit the button and go to something more engaging. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's not the most popular opinion on those games, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, also. The Splatoon 2 Splatfest this coming weekend is Pulp vs. No Pulp. And so everyone that listens to this podcast needs to choose Pulp and fight for the right team out there. Wrong. Pulp is terrible. (sighs) If I wanted to eat an orange, I would eat an orange. Ah, but what if you wanted to drink an orange? Then I would drink orange juice without Pulp. Ah. Like a normal human. (laughs) Um... Do you do you have any news over there, Seth? Yeah, there's a I an article on IGN uh, that they were talking to Reggie Fisame, um, and he said that they're going to continue uh, supporting the 3DS, and they have new, some new games coming on on the platform, which is interesting. I mean, they oh it was absolutely zero 3DS. Um, stuff at e3 uh we know they've got captain toad uh, it's coming on 3ds the luigi's mansion remake um i know they have one of those remakes of the of mario and luigi coming out on it but it is i mean it's kind of weird i i guess i get it because the 2ds has been super popular because of its price point um but it's just sort of weird that they're still trying to to hold on to that yeah it's i mean they they just i mean they they put a lot of money into reinventing the 2ds i imagine Mm -hmm. but it's very weird because you hear all these things from reggie that nintendo online service is the successor to the virtual console stuff like that you would mm-hmm. think they're phasing out the old sets and the old terminology, but yet they keep going back to the yeah. well. Um, 
And, and I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a move. They, I mean, a lot of people have 3DSs still. I'm not one of them. I, yeah, the install base is probably still huge. There's a lot of people out there who have 3DSs. And I'm sure that there's more growing every day because the backlog mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than a Nintendo Switch, too. Yeah. But, so. it, I mean, it, it's sort of, it's it's kind of a strange thing that they would... Um, after having exactly zero new announcements to it, that they that he would then come out and say, "Oh, we've got we've got new stuff coming for it. We're not we're not letting the the 3ds go away." But I guess there's also no benefit to him saying that the 3ds is dead. Yeah, it would it, that only puts them in a dead end. So, I mean, we'll see, man. It's it's weird. I just want mm-hmm. them to move on to making stuff for the Switch. I'm just worried that after Camelot is done with Mario Tennis, they're going to get pushed onto something for the 3DS. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I doubt that. I think most of their major teams are probably still are probably all working on Switch stuff. It would be... It would be uh, not great of them to, to, to move back to that. I... I I have to think it's probably mostly third-party stuff that's going to be showing up, or um, just ports of random stuff that you know not not a huge lot of a, a huge um, huge development or uh, or or time that needs to go into those games. Right. But we'll see. I I don't know. I would just hope that. Most of these good games would be coming out for Switch rather than 3DS. Yeah. At some point, they have they have to announce that it's dead. Uh, but we'll see when that is. Any other news? Uh, no, that's about it for me. All right, I've got. It's, it's been a been kind of a a sparse week of news. It's been sparse, and oddly enough, Nintendo Switch focused. Um, mm-hmm. which we, we didn't plan and we feel bad about because, I mean, it's it's just how it is. So it, it alienates you people that don't have one. Mm-hmm. So, um, But uh, the two pieces, uh, the last couple pieces of news I got is the Smash GameCube controllers and adapters are available to pre-order. And as someone that had to go through this with his Wii U, if you did not have to go through it, uh, make sure to pre-order those. As much as I don't like the pre-ordering system sometimes, they don't make enough of these. And so you're yeah. waiting for them for forever. So pre-order That was a weird them. thing. That was a weird thing when they first came out. But I have to think that they saw that happen and they know how big this smash is going to be um especially now that they've more embraced the kind of um pro gaming culture who and they all use uh gamecube controllers you have to think that they are more prepared to to meet the demand this time but still it is a safe bet to pre-order it i guess yeah uh at least one controller and one adapter um just please if you want this, trust me, it's going to be hard to get when it comes out. I, I'm just, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. 
Um, GameStop is looking to get bought out, apparently. They're, hmm. they're trying to get out. There's no other real news besides they're looking for buyers. Uh, I mean, hopefully they get as much for them as they offer for most of the games they buy from people. But, <laughs> you know. It's, uh, oh, you have one used GameStop. Well, I'll give you uh, uh, $8. Yeah, for real. Or and, or you can get a $10 store credit. And the last piece of news I have is that they... I, was, I can't remember who was talking to IGN. I think it was Nomura. But uh, they he, no, he announced that there's probably not going to be Final Fantasy characters in the New Kingdom Hearts um, because there's so many characters now that they have their not Final Fantasy characters uh, that they need to get to all of them instead of deal with those yeah, characters. Yeah, that, that was a weird one. Um, it was, I mean, it was kind of weird like how he phrased it. Um. Because I, I I know like he specifically said something about not expecting characters from something like Final Fantasy fifteen, right? Um, but I don't know. Like if they're if if the game at all goes to Radiant Garden, they have to be in there because that's where all of them live. Yeah, essentially. And the place is not that big. They can't they can't just like disappear. Um, so I I, I got to think that they'll be in in some capacity. Uh, it would be it would be strange if they weren't. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you, but that's also someone that wants there to be an abundance of them in there. So, I'm a little bit uh, biased. Yeah. So. But it's. But I also. I mean, I kind of get it. They've. They've never really. Held that big of a, sway on the things that are happening in the game. They've just kind of been there, so I don't know that it would it would be like not beneficial for them to be there. I I, I don't think it would be a uh, any any kind of outside of it just being weird for lore reasons. I don't know that it would be a noticeable difference. Right. But of course, I also want to see Noctis uh, in it. Yeah, and interacting with Riku as seeing as they look exactly the same now. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, but other than that, um, I think we're good. It's a short episode this week, but we appreciate you listening. Uh, make sure to share this with your friends, your family, and your enemies uh, if you want to wish us upon them. We still appreciate that you shared it, regardless. And make sure to subscribe. At what your favorite podcatcher, if you're not using that right now, uh, and like us, like our Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suplex the Sticks, all that good stuff, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.